Testing, testing. Still way too loud. Can you get Jamie? Can you please come get Ellie? Okay, let's try this again. You're listening to The Neurodivergent Nurse, and I'm your host, Jamie. I'm a registered nurse who has ADHD. On this podcast, we will talk all things ADHD. I'm really just beginning to learn about this diagnosis and how to navigate through it. But I am so excited to take you on this messy and raw journey with me so that we can learn together. So let's get started. Hello, all of my neurodivergent people. I feel like it has been so long since I talked to you last, but per usual, I take a vacation during summer, normally June, July, August, or July and August, and I forget to let you know. I'm so sorry, but summer is my favorite time of year. My birthday is August 1st. I normally go on a long vacation during that time, etc., 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 but I'm back, and it's time for you to start enjoying The Neurodivergent Nurse again on a regular basis. Oh, and speaking of vacation, make sure that if you are a Patreon or if you're a paid subscriber to the Instagram account of The Neurodivergent Nurse, if you have never gotten postcards from me before, send me your address if you feel comfortable because I bought you a postcard from my vacation spot that I want to send you. It's going to go in the mail this next week. So make sure that I have your address if you want to receive that type of little goodie. I also started back in-person college classes the last week or so taking organic chemistry. It's one of the three prereqs that I have to knock out before I can start medical school. Um, It's still very weird for me being the age that I am going to school with people who are 20 years younger. But in lab this past week, I had to do a lab with a partner, whatever reason. I connected with this guy and he was my lab partner. And so I told him, hey, I haven't done chemistry in a long time. He said, yeah, I mean, either. I was like, no, no, no. You don't understand. It's been about 20 years for me since I took general chemistry or inorganic chemistry. And he just cocked his head the way that a dog does when they hear a really high-pitched noise. And he said, wait a minute, did you say it's been 20 years since you took gin chem? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I thought you were 20. So yay for the confidence booster and boo that people look at me very weird to be my age in class. I also didn't realize how difficult it was going to be going back to in-person class and not have my mom to call or text after it's over. The first day of class was really such an emotional one because the people that I typically had, for whatever reason, they're no longer there either. And I've always succeeded, I've always found a way to rise to the occasion, to be strong and to be independent and to be that person. And sometimes it really just sucks to have to be that person on your own. You know, sometimes it really is terrible to feel the void of having to survive, even in the excitement or even in the good times to just be you. And there's a lot of growth and there's a lot of strength in it, but I would trade all of that strength for having my people, for having my mom, for having just someone who listened on the other end. But, you know, 
wherever there comes a time that you need someone else and you have no one, there really is a lot of strength that you can and you are able to pick yourself up. And so the next time you are not dependent on another person for that type of comfort that you become that person to yourself, it's not comfortable. It's not fun. (laughs) We absolutely would prefer to not have to carry every single load by ourselves. But you know what? Big pat on the back if you are and you're still here and you're still going. That is so courageous. That is so strong. On today's episode of The Neurodivergent Nurse, I want to talk to you about something that is really important to me that I feel like I have been consciously making an effort in ever since I found out that I had ADHD and something that I recognized that was problematic 10, 15 years ago in my first marriage. And that is coping with heightened emotions when you have ADHD. If you've been a part of my past webinars, then maybe you were on one of the ones where I talked about the frustration that I would have and how I could not handle it and I couldn't keep it inside and it would suddenly just erupt and I would put holes in walls by kicking and other very, 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 very embarrassing things in the way that I would respond to criticism, to rejection, to whatever. Was it right? Absolutely not. Was I embarrassed in the moment? Mm, I don't know. But looking back, I've done so much work to be a better person, to be better in relationships, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a romantic relationship, whatever. But come to find out, a lot of it had to do with ADHD and the emotional dysregulation that those of us who have our type of brain chemistry struggle with. I just want to preface this before we get into all the details that even if you do the appropriate work, even if you communicate appropriately instead of doing the toxic reactions that you used to have, the other person is still responsible of how they receive the healthy way that you communicate. And just because you are doing the good things with communication doesn't mean that they are going to lean into it, that they are going to be that partner in a relationship whenever you have the conversations that are perfect so that everything can be clear and healthy and great. It can be one-sided sometimes too. I don't think it is good to hold it in because ultimately someone's going to be hurt. Ultimately, your emotions are going to hit that flash type of pinnacle if you just keep it harbored inside. So as you may or may not know, a lot of people with ADHD have difficulty with heightened emotions and lesser known symptoms like emotional dysregulation that we just talked about. You're doing fine and then something triggers you and then just boom. You're now drowning in a tidal wave of intense emotions that you just can't control. The flooding of hurt, frustration, fear, or anxiety is too much to process for the already taxed executive functions of people with ADHD. So these factors combined can mean that 
those of us with ADHD may react impulsively. If this sounds familiar, this episode is for you today. Understanding the links between emotional dysregulation and ADHD can increase your compassion for yourself. You can learn strategies for managing heightened emotions, and over time, you can learn how to act in your best interest under emotional pressure. Emotional regulation involves five processes. The first one is making efforts to choose situations that minimize your negative emotions and create positive ones. The second is controlling what you can in a given situation. Number three is paying attention to the elements of a situation that make you feel okay. Number four, re-evaluating situations that upset you. And number five, changing actions that are purely based on negative emotions and may make things worse for you. Impulsivity and executive functioning challenges can heighten emotions. Impatience, frustration, and anger may come on quickly, they may hit with intensity, and it can last for a really long time. Whether the tidal wave of negative emotion comes from thoughtless comments like, you're making me feel the same way that she made me feel before. It could also come from an unpleasant interaction. Like I've explained this to you 10 times before, are you stupid? Or a disturbing headline that we read, like the Delta variant is spreading rapidly. The prefrontal cortex, often known as the thinking brain, simply cannot manage the rapid rush of feelings. In this situation, the emotional brain of ours takes over. Mental health researchers have found emotion regulation deficits in about 34 to 70% of adults with ADHD from all backgrounds. Fortunately, you can take evidence-based, actionable steps to develop emotional regulation. These are easy to do right now. The first thing you need to do is slow down and name your emotions. So here are a couple techniques to interrupt heightened emotions. The first thing you need to do is identify your bodily signs. Maybe it's shortness of breath, you start feeling your heart rate increase, you may start speaking in a louder voice, or you may start to sweat. Those can indicate that you're being triggered. The next thing that you need to do is create a plan for what to do to center yourself so that you can take a pause. Go to the bathroom, wash your hands, wash your face, something like that. Maybe even step outside for fresh air or listen to some music if you can. The whole goal of this is to give yourself some time and space between what you're feeling and what you want to do. In order to do that, you could try a couple of these techniques. The first thing you do is write the options of your plan in your phone so that you can access it easily. The next thing you do is feel free to say to someone who is sending you off, I need a minute or two to catch my breath. The third thing you do is say, let's take a 10 minute break and come back to the discussion. I have found personally, when I start feeling that my emotions are starting to get very heightened, I feel like I'm being attacked, whatever the issue is to say, hey, I love you, I care about you, I know that you are not meaning this in a malicious way, but I need to take a break. We're gonna carry on this conversation at a later time if you want to, but right now, I just need to take a break. But everything is going to be okay, and it is okay right now. I just need that time. Side note, that time is within the next I don't know, day or two, not weeks or months after. So it may be very, very difficult to try to go through all of your thoughts, everything else to make sense of what's going on with your head, your perceived rejection, maybe legit 
rejection. But you taking time away to be able to collect your thoughts does not mean that you take months away from your significant other because that may not have a very good end result for you. The next way they can help your heightened emotions is mindfulness practice. Recent studies suggest that mindfulness may help symptoms of ADHD and struggles with emotional regulation in both children and adults. You might want to try one or all of these three meditative techniques. The first one is body scan. The second is your sitting meditation. And the third is mindful yoga. Mindfulness brings you back to the present moment through awareness of your body. This awareness can give you the pause that you need to redirect strong emotions. It can also help you develop emotional awareness. You can often join mindfulness practices through churches, community centers, or even online. There's so many apps that you can use to practice mindfulness in your own home. The next thing that you can do is listen to your thoughts and learn from them. So a comparative research study found that people with ADHD often unconsciously engage in these types of thinking. The first one is self-blame. You think that everything, it's just all your fault. The second is blaming others. If only they had not done that. The third is catastrophizing. This is the worst day ever. And the fourth is rumination. If only. What if? If only. What if? If you're experiencing negative emotions, you could try writing down your thoughts. It may take work. But you might consider reframing repeated negative thoughts as I did this one part really well, or maybe they had good reasons for their actions, or the morning was rough, but the day is getting better, or I'll let it go for now. Tomorrow is another day. The next thing you can do is body work. Your spirit and your mind play a role in emotional regulation and ADHD. So does your body. A review of research on ADHD found that exercise can reduce symptoms of ADHD in adults as well as children. I feel like exercise is the answer to everything. It is the correct answer if you want to fix any type of mental health issue, problem, disorder, etc. So, of course, this has to be on the list because exercise improves executive functioning and emotional regulation. Cardio exercise is particularly effective and non-cardio exercise also has some effect. I also personally think that it is very important prior to your emotions getting to the place that it is for that person that you love and the person that you care about to say, hey, I anticipate this being a very difficult situation for me and I apologize of how my anxiety may exist, how my anxiety may come across. But I just want you to know that it's, it's not true about me, but here are the ways that I'm feeling. And so your person, your family member, your significant other, they can also find ways that they can give you extra care and attention or whatever is needed in those moments of vulnerability and the times where emotions may just run off track because no one else knows how it's going to affect you. But in that communication, maybe, just maybe, that person will 
love and care about you enough to also take those steps so that you feel safe in those situations because you communicated it very clearly. Or if your emotions start getting very heightened and they start getting the way that doesn't really reflect you, then maybe that partner, significant other, that family member, they may know that it's not really coming from you, but it's coming from a place of insecurity. It's coming from a place of anxiety and they know how to react now because they had time to mentally prepare for it. And again, not every person that loves you is going to respond that way, but it doesn't mean that you don't need to do the work to be healthy, to have those healthy communications in place so that you have the best potential for having a great relationship, so that you have the potential for having a wonderful emotional well-being, and that you have the potential to have a very high emotional IQ or EQ. Thanks for joining today's episode and I'm glad that you hung around until I came back after my break. I'm so sorry that I didn't remind you or tell you that I was taking a break for the last two months. But anyways, I'm glad you're here and I can't wait to talk to you again. 